I like beer. It makes me a jolly good fellow. I like beer. It helps me unwind, and sometimes it makes me feel mellow. Makes him feel mellow. Welcome. I Like Beer, the podcast where we discuss great beers and the stories that go with them. I'm your host, Jeff. And I'm your host, Jeff. And uh, with us today, we have a slim down crew. So uh, Father Joe is not here. I think he's pre-gaming his birthday tomorrow. Uh, so happy birthday, Father Joe out there. And then the doc, I don't know where he is. I think he's out visiting things. He'll probably show up at some point tonight. But we do have sound guy Tom here to, to fill in the gaps. Check one, two, check one, two. Aloha. <laughs> Pleasure to be here, gentlemen. Pleasure to be here. All right. He's playing everyone's part tonight. So also, we are also joined tonight by some very special guests. Uh, we've got uh, the owners and then the head brewer of yet another gem in uh, San Diego, North County, Vista to be more specific. Um, and that is Nick and Candy Corona of Five Suits Brewing. Welcome, Nick and Candy. Welcome. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for joining us. We're very excited. I had the opportunity to go to their uh, place the other night and pick up some beer and then also some of the Altoki Peruvian food, which was phenomenal as well. So uh, I really can't recommend uh, both of, I, I, enough, both of them. So everybody needs to get that out there and check both those out. So we'll talk a little bit more about that a little bit later. And Tom and I popped in today as well. Didn't get any food, but we got lots of beer. We came home with beer. Lots of beer. And we met his better half too. <laughs> And we're going to announce the 2020 Beersy Award winners tonight. Woohoo! Jam-packed night. Yep, that's right. And maybe Doc shows up for beer or not a beer. We'll see. No promises, listeners. Doc's here, baby. Oh, Doc made it. So Doc, as we threatened before, he will show up at some point. Oh, there will definitely be beer or not a beer at the end. We are friends who love good beer and telling stories, so we turned it into a podcast. And as we like to say, an award-winning podcast, but tonight we're going to be more of a award-giving podcast with the Beersies. That's right. Teachers by day, beer drinkers by night. We're lucky enough to live in North County, San Diego, California, beer mecca. Mm -hmm. Within a beer mecca, pour yourself a beer, pull up a bar stool, and join us. And of course, as always, please find and follow us on social media at I Like Beer the Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, or at I Like Beer the Po one and I Like Beer the Ta one on Twitter. Uh, make sure also to visit our recently updated uh, website, I Like Beer the Podcast, to learn more about us and uh, sign up for the quarterly newsletter. Uh, when's that coming out, Jeff? February. So any day, any day now. It's in the works. I'm just waiting for Doctor to send me his top 10 beers and a picture of him on Safari, and it's done. So, but waiting on the Doctor. <laughs> that is difficult. By top 10 beers. Whew, that's going to take a while. Good to see you, Doctor, or hear you anyway. Good to be seen and heard. I have updated the gallery. There's a direct link to our episodes right there on the homepage. Our badge, our 10,000 download badge, is now prominently featured. Impressive. And then don't forget, too, as always, you can drink with us and virtually toast us. We'll virtually toast you on Untapped. Uh, we're easy to find. Uh, we're all pretty much under I Like Beer the Podcasts. We are a non-profit organization, but not by choice. So our only way of growing is with your help. So make sure you share with your beer drinking friends, neighbors, their children, their parents, whoever. Yeah. Special request for our listeners. All this month, we've just launched our I Like Beer, the podcast, the book club on the YouTube channel. So we've joined forces with friend of the show, author, 
cyclist, coffee expert, Ryan Wolt, to discuss great books over beer too. Find us and subscribe. Right. And again, that's as well as easy to find. You just go to YouTube, put in I Like Beer, the podcast, in the search bar, bar and you'll find us there. Uh, we've got book talk with author of the Waking Up on the Appalachian Trail, uh, N.B. Hanks. Uh, and then uh, we also had a conversation recently about Hemingway. It was very, very profound conversation. Uh, the Sun Also Rises, and that's, I think he just was added in there. Joe just put that up. And also I saw a Hillbilly Elegy is now there. Oh, very good. Yeah. So basically we are solving the world's problems over there on the YouTube. Go listen and subscribe. Perfect. The YouTube. <laughs> the, that's a, yeah, the YouTube. Like that's that's, that's a technical term. That's a technical term. That's the official yeah. term. I didn't make it plural as, as I, I, we have family members that would do. <laughs> were you on the line when you were on the YouTube? Yeah, on the YouTubes. Doc, you usually have a pressing question about this time. Yeah, when the heck are we going to start drinking some more beer? <laughs> well, that's why Nick is here. Yay. Nick and Candy, tell us about this first beer. Yeah, we have uh, cracked open the Pit Boss Hefeweizen. This was one of my more award-winning beers, and it was also Candy's gateway beer. It was able to wean her off of the wine. <laughs> so did you bring extra of this home for Carrie? Yeah, yeah, I've tried that with my wife. My wife, and uh, it's it's rough, but uh, one someday, someday. I may need some of it, too. This is as good a, of a Heffenweizen as I've ever had, and, and talent had told me that before I ever tasted it, so... But he, I don't think you're leading the witness. You're just being absolutely honest. Yeah, no, I, like I said, I was there the other night, and, and uh, Candy was nice enough to give me a bunch of samples of a bunch of different things before I, I purchased some. You know, the Hefeweizen is usually, uh, uh, when I see that, I don't I don't go for that usually because it's not something that usually I, I enjoy in my wheelhouse. Uh, but then she was talking about all of the uh, uh, accolades and awards that they've received for this that beer. And so I said, well, i got to try it. And uh, honestly, I, I would say it's probably... Uh, the best Hefeweizen I've had. So if, it, I think it's one, if, even if you don't think it's in your wheelhouse, uh, it's it's one to try because all of a sudden, uh, I think most beer drinkers can kind of add it to their repertoire and their, it's something that they will they will definitely enjoy. It's Pit Boss. Pit Boss. Pit Boss Hef. So Nick, tell us about the flavor profile and what you're after with this beer. Yeah, certainly. The Pit Boss Hefeweizen has a clove spice to it. And then it also has some uh, banana banana esters that come through as well. So everything in this beer is derived from the yeast and the fermentation, which is really interesting to me because I really didn't have much of a clue what I was doing with this beer when I first started. And it was only well after I had made it, you know, three or four times that I actually started looking into some of the processes that I was using to just make this beer and then figuring out I had kind of stumbled upon uh, all the right things pretty early on with this recipe. But everything that you get out of it, the banana, the clove spice, it happens mostly in fermentation. There's a little early step that takes place in the mash that does kind of accentuate more of that clove spice. Uh, it does take me a long time in the brew house, unfortunately, which I'd like to get in and get out a little quicker. But there's a a lot of sweat that goes into this beer, particularly because uh, because of that step process that most professional systems are not uh, set up for. 
Another aspect of it as well is just the water profile. Uh, I use all RO water at the brewery. So most breweries normally they'll they'll uh, filtrate their water through a carbon filter to get rid of um, chlorophenols and uh, chlorine. But this this beer is very important in that it, it needs to start with uh, absolute uh, clean water profile. So we use 100% RO on this on this one itself. You know who would love this beer? Clayton over at Epic. It's all the stuff he always yeah. talks about is most important in beer. It's super clean, right. super clear, crisp. I don't know if Clayton's listening or if he's had it, but I, I think he'd love this beer. Yeah. You, you did a fantastic job just blending all those different flavors that you talked about. I love the touch of banana that's in there, and then it gives way to a little bit of citrus. And then on the back, there's the clove all kind of mixed in. It's just a fabulous tasting beer in my mind. He did he did a fantastic job. So hats off. And I can understand why it's the B O S. Yeah, thank you. It's uh I think I, I'm still not entirely sure what's more meaningful for me was uh it is the only beer to have won best of show at both national homebrew competitions, which is huge, but more importantly to me is that it turned my wife from a wine drinker to a beer drinker. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the winner that, right I there. agree. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> some of us, that's, that's called the hashtag goal. Some of us still have that goal at some point. We're going to find that beer. So we're, <laughs> the search continues for some of us. It, it's just so good. You know, I just love it. Like we've been, well, he's been brewing this beer for how many years now? And it's still my favorite beer of all time. You know, I'm going to go and taste other beers and you know, this, it's just, it's so good to me. Yeah. No, I, and I, I think I think the thing I like of it is it's super crisp, super clean, uh, and I think you can drink this in a variety. Like on a hot day, it's going to taste really, really good. But even like now in the middle of winter where it's cold, it's still really, really good. So uh, I, I think you, you you guys nailed it with this beer. So where it's really, really cold, I, I listeners Tyler and Max up there in Wisconsin hey. and and the hey, far I wore far pants northeast. Today. I wore pants today for the first time all year. You so. want to tell them what really, really cold means to us here in in uh, San Diego I County? I think it. I think it was when I got in my truck this morning to to drive to school. I want to say it was like at least thirty eight, thirty nine degrees. That's freezing Ooh. for here. Oh, yesterday, right? Yeah, exactly. So it is. It is cold here. I mean, it, it was, was sixty two by uh, by the afternoon. So yeah, sixty two. Still really <laughs> cold. So you know what? We pay way too much money to have that cold of weather here. Um, all right, going back to five suits. <laughs> I, you guys got a great story, interesting story too. And I and I and, and so can you tell us a little bit about your location? Um, and then I know you guys have done a ton of getting ready in terms of for when this COVID stuff's done and people can visit your tasting room. I can't, can't wait to get in there. Can you guys tell us a little bit about what people can expect uh, when they come to visit you guys? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the location actually was uh, not by choice necessarily, but something that had popped up. Uh, I knew that Barrel Harbor was getting close to wanting to uh, get out of the industry and they had expressed some interest pretty publicly with, uh, with, with some of their posts and some of the things they were sharing so we had just by chance been looking for years. We we started this process probably about three years ago, actively looking for a location. So when, when we found out, we reached out to them and there was already a buyer in the works. And then a week later, the buyer backed out. We were able to kind of come in and, and um, I guess, rescue the, the purchase of it. So Barrel Harbor had a lot of, um, I guess, a early earlier decor that you would expect in breweries that because they had been around since 2013 i believe 
but they had some of the earlier decor to where you really didn't have to do too much to deck out a tasting room. It was more or less kind of a cool thing just to go roll into a brewery and uh, drink beer. So you didn't have to spend, you know, an incredible amount of time on creating like a huge ambiance. And I think more recently uh, is when some of the places have kind of started to step it up, but we always wanted to have, we met in Vegas uh, when I was 21, I moved to Vegas. I met Candy a short time after. We ended up falling in love and getting married. Uh, and we moved back here to San Diego. This is where I grew up. So we wanted to kind of represent that. And then we represent the family name. That's where Five Suits came from. But uh, we wanted to represent Vegas a little bit. My background is in casino management as well. So we kind of tied all those things in together. We came up with a fifth suit in the deck of cards. It's the crown. So it represents our family's last name, Corona. And we just kind of rolled forward with that because it's a part, big part of our story. So when we got in there, we, we have a, a decent amount of friends in Vegas who have been thankfully stockpiling a lot of vintage uh, Vegas mem- memorabilia and mementos, including curtains. These are vintage theater curtains from the 50s and 60s that were pulled out of the sands and the Sahara. I mean, these curtains literally could have been right behind the Rat Pack and anyone from that era. So we wanted to try to represent that. And we hung these curtains all over. So when you come in, you're going to see somewhat of a Vegas lounge nightclub type feel. Uh, Candy uses the word sexy. I think it's better when she says it than when I say it. (laughs) But uh, yeah, it's all about lighting and fun, and we'll have a live. We've got a live stage there, or a stage there, so we'll have some live music. Um, we got a chandelier that was again Candy's doing. I had to go up to Hollywood one time and uh, pull a chandelier out of a mansion and rent scaffolding from Home Depot, but we got it back here somehow. <laughs> she cleaned every crystal by hand. Just a lot of really fun little things, and and uh, a lot of it has been given to us by a lot of our friends in Vegas. So we're super excited to finally have people in there and uh, we're getting probably about 90% done with things the way that we wanted inside. And unfortunately we can't bring anybody inside. Hey, I, uh, I've, I've got an Elvis suit and I do a really good Elvis impersonation. Can I uh, hop on that stage? It's true. You're yeah. hired. <laughs> nice. Thank you. Uh, I got my first gig. <laughs> mama, mama. A spot, all ready to go for you. All right, <laughs> that's great. He does. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. <laughs> no one who's ever listened to the show thought you were joking for a second. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we we really wanted wanted to create um, something that you know is is different from all the other breweries around, and um, I think we've done that in our lounge vibe that we've got. It's going to be uh, super fun and uh, relaxing and beautiful and just a a warm place to come and chill out, enjoy some good beer. Yeah. That was always uh, the the best part for me when I would go to some of these places and, you know, you, you sneak back to these little industrial areas and your expectations are instantly dropped because you're in an industrial area and you're thinking you're going to go into a place and it's going to be this, you know, industrial feel. And so um, I've always wanted to have have a, a, a big surprise for people when they walk in. And I think we've really accomplished that. You definitely don't expect anything that you see inside uh, when you're looking in from the outside. I got to peek behind the curtain today, so I can attest that that is all coming together. <laughs> yeah, pretty much every woman that has come in, and you know, a lot of men, they, they walk in and they're like, oh! 
you know, they grab their heart and it's just like exciting. And it, it, it's so wonderful to see the reaction that people are having when they come in. Well, Nick and Kenny, we're coming right back to you. We want to hear more of the five suit story, but since we have a glass of this excellent best of show pit boss in hand, it's time for toast roast and pour one out. Thank you, Maestro. Toast tonight. I see you're on board with a toast there, Talent. Uh, so mine, real quickly, is uh, something here that we've struggled with recently, uh, but I'm going to toast Bali for how they've handled it, and that is COVID uh, rules enforcement. So obviously that's been a hot topic here uh, locally. Uh, you've seen it all over Twitter and stuff like that about you know what's going on, how can people do that for us, that, why, that kind of stuff. So Bali, this is how Bali, and maybe this is something we need to take a take a, a page out of their book, but uh, it became mandatory in Bali to wear a face mask in August, and uh, most people were complied with it, but they found that about 90% of the people that were caught ignoring the rules were foreign tourists. So the first question you ask is, what are people doing tourists? But I guess if you're going to be a tourist, you might as well go to Bali. Uh, but that they were having an issue with tourists. So here's what they came up with. And it's pretty brilliant because it's super simple, uh, easily enforced. And uh, obviously, I think it uh, people are going to stop real quick. So uh, what they do there is if uh, you're not following the rules, uh, police can force you to do push-ups right there and then in the street. <laughs> yeah. So so basically, if you are not wearing a mask in Bali, the police will come up to you and they will say, give me 50 push-ups. And you have to drop and do 50 push-ups for not wearing a mask in Bali. If you're wearing one that isn't covering your nose, so you're not wearing it correctly. You only have to give them 15 push-ups. So I thought that was super unique, super easy to enforce. People can't get a whole really upset about that. They're not getting fined. They're not getting anything else. And you know what? It's not going to take you too many times for some of us <laughs> to uh, either. Well, I guess other thing, maybe this would become the latest fitness craze that could come up and go, well, I'm going to get jacked. So I'm just not going to wear my mask. So I have to do a force to do push-ups. But I thought that was really cool. So a huge toast to Bali on how they're handling it. Maybe it's something we need to start looking into here locally. That's awesome. I, I think your average American tourist is going to take them a while to get through 50 push-ups. Yeah, exactly. Seven or eight breaks, seven or eight breaks. <laughs> oh, hell, I'll just wear a mask. Yep. <laughs> Candy and Nick, you feel free to jump in with a toast, roast, or pour if you got one. You don't have to be shy. Yeah, I was actually thinking I'd like to just start squirting people with sanitizer if they're not wearing <laughs> There you go. There you go. So, Right in the mouth. Say, hey, that wouldn't happen if you're wearing your mask. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Clown's mouth. We're on to roast. Oh, am I going? Oh, that's right. Yes, you we are. We talked about this. So this one I just saw, and I just it blew my mind because you know most businesses here, you would think you would catch this sooner than later. So this happened in I'm going to say it's it's mispronounced it, but it's called Gwinnett County. So I looked it up in Gwinnett County, is in Georgia. Georgia's had a rough time recently, so this is, I hate to pile on, but anyways, uh, this is uh, where a teenager there who worked at a Kroger store, which is a grocery store uh, in a lot of parts of the South, he was actually arrested because he had been embezzling or taking money from the grocery store. So you know how much do you think he was taking? They actually caught him. Uh, after he had taken more than $980,000 over oh. a two-week period oh. from the grocery wow. store. Almost a million dollars in two weeks, and it took two them that weeks. long to wow. catch him. They didn't notice. And they didn't notice. That's what I'm saying. So that's where the roast is coming from. It's like, where are your accountants? Uh, where are the people that do your books at the end of the night? Because I, you know, 
hundred bucks, two hundred bucks, three hundred bucks, a couple thousand dollars. This is it, it had to get to a million dollars almost before they caught him. Uh, it says he was doing. This is the part that makes me laugh actually a little bit. Is that his plan? How he was doing this is that he would create returns for non-existent items. Um, and so then he would just return these and create a return and then just pocket the money from them. And they said that most of those re- returns were in the $75 range, but he had a wow. couple of returns that were like $87,000. You don't oh. think that raised some flags right. <laughs> when someone returns $87,000 to the local supermarket. So anyways, uh, so you getting that from the coin star money? Where, yeah, that exactly. I'm not, I'm trying to figure out what he was, he must've been not the very high end beer, craft beer and, uh, the, the wines and stuff. I don't know, $87,000. I think one of those would have probably raised the flag and you got, yeah, something's wrong here. But uh, anyways, they, uh, they end up, they finally caught him and they, uh, they did arrest him. But I, I think prior to that, I don't know how they do their accounting there at Kroger in Georgia, but they should have probably caught that a long, lot, lot earlier. Well, they didn't work for my old boss. When we would come up yeah. 35 cents short on the register, yeah. there was hell to pay. Then you didn't, you hated going <laughs> to work the next day. How are you accounting for that? Old doc at doc's jock shop. Mm-hmm. There's a shout out for people who have been in North County for a long time. That's right. Tom, I see you've got to pour one out tonight. Yes, I do. Baseball legend and Hall of Famer Hank Aaron, who died of natural causes on January 22nd of 2021 at the age of 83. So he had a good life. Nickname the Hammer or Hammer and Hank, Aaron is regarded as one of the greatest baseball players of all time. He will long be remembered for his 755 career home runs, including in the face of racism and adversity, breaking the long-standing MLB record of 714 set by legendary Babe Ruth. Aaron was a joyful man, a loving husband to Billy, and a proud father of six children who will deeply be missed. And so here's to you, Hammer and Hank. Rest in peace. Cheers. Cheers. A hero. Cheers. Cheers. Yes, that was... uh... That was yeah. quite a loss. Yes, it was. It was. And he was the true home run king, if I might. Yes. How about you, Talent? You get to follow that. I'm pouring one out for um, Jeff's dreams. Uh, you can pick your Jeff here because I think in a lot of ways it's both our dreams. One I know is going to be very literal, and then the other one I know we're big fans of these. So I saw both these little things this week. So the first one is Disney uh, has announced that they are going to uh, rethink their jungle cruise ride and i know oh. jeff it has been one of your yeah. dreams to work at the jungle cruise ride and be that guy around well in the press release they better they not say, change among- those jokes those jokes no, crush. no they say among the changes will be a new animated skipper character no oh. exactly oh. so there you go one of your great dreams bucket list crushed yes it's going to be some I, type I'm of animated ready. i'm thinking they're probably just going to put a screen up there and it's going to be that so that was the first one i saw oh, kind of sad Exactly. Very sad. So, uh, and then the second one, which I think hits for both of us, our dreams, is that there is a lawmaker in Oklahoma that has proposed a bill that would call for the creation of Bigfoot hunting season in Oklahoma. Uh, So saw that and I'm like, wow, they don't have anything else to work on in Oklahoma uh, that you got to come up with an idea that, hey, let's uh, not only are we going to, uh, uh, you know, create this bill, but we're going to go out and shoot Bigfoot. And I no. think it's funny because his his intent for doing this is uh, he said that he would like to create the hunting season to help draw in tourists. So it's not bring them in to see Bigfoot, it's bring them in to shoot Bigfoot. 
And uh, he says it will be a great way for people to enjoy our area and to have some fun. I didn't realize Bigfoot was in Oklahoma, but apparently Bigfoot is there. Uh, and there's a town in Oklahoma called Hanabia that already has an annual Bigfoot festival each October. Oh, so they go. bring Bigfoot in for the festival and then they yeah, shoot Yeah, and then him. boom. And he's hoping <laughs> that they could coincide with the celebration. So I thought that was a really interesting way because, again, yeah, you're going to bring it in. We're going to celebrate them all week. And then, boom, everybody, it's open season on Bigfoot. Uh, and he said he's trying to <laughs> he says he's hoping to secure a twenty five thousand dollars that can be used as a bounty for the first person to trap the creature. No. So anyways, uh, that's Oklahoma for you. I've never been to Oklahoma, and that's probably another reason not for me to go to Oklahoma. Sorry if you're from Oklahoma. I'm sure it's lovely. Why? Why would you want to kill Bigfoot? Right. Leave Bigfoot, Bigfoots, Big Feet. Leave them alone. Yes. Yeah. They've never as, hurt as, anyone. As Paul, the former shower beer guy, would say, this is why we can't have nice things. Yes. We it's make decisions true. like this. Yeah. Stop. And I'm, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't read the news a lot, but I'm pretty sure there are some other things going on in this world right now that might be a little more important than going out and hunting Bigfoot. Yeah. Like getting over there to Disney and telling him to leave. Exactly. You got to have a live craftsman of, of humor yeah. to run that, yeah. that cruise. You can't have that animated. That's, That's much more pressing. So, so I saw both of those, Jeff. Sorry. I feel like both of our bucket lists have been halved this week uh, as a result of that. So Pouring them out for our dreams. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Toast, Roast, and Pour One Out. Okay, so I'm on the Five Suits Brewing website reading all about Nick's accolades. I think we need to drink some more beer, gentlemen. It's a great idea. Agreed. Great idea. Good thing, because I just cracked open another can, so I'm glad I'm at <laughs> the right timing. spot. Yes. I'm about to. So, Nick, what's up next? So this is actually my uh, go-to beer at this moment. This is uh, Planet Nectaron, Daisy IPA, that I just created a recipe for. And uh, I'm also going to share some with my wife. I almost poured the whole beer into my glass. <laughs> <laughs> so Planet Nectaron began uh, with a hawk. There, uh, about six months ago, I had seen one of our friends on Facebook had posted about a new rub that he had just done on a hawk. This friend, he, he knows a lot about beer and uh, a lot about ingredients, and he's, he's a big networker. And he had mentioned how incredible this rub was, and he was taking pre-orders on this hop that was going to be the latest and greatest, apparently, according to him, to come out of New Zealand. And it's aptly called Nectaron. So Nectaron is the hop style. And we got it in and I only ordered three boxes of it. And I used it all in one batch and made a hazy out of it. Added it at three different uh, phases in the beer. Uh, once during Whirlpool, once uh, like early in dry hop and then towards the end of dry hop. But on day two, after I had transferred it over, I took a little smell of it and it just blew me away. And the aroma that came out of this thing before I had even dry hopped it, I instantly jumped on the phone and I ordered more of these hops. Uh, so I'm sure you'll be hearing more about this hop called Nectaron. But the reason for the name was just that it was it blew me away. And all I could think of was that this hop is out of this world. So I came up with just Planet Nectaron and everyone that's tried it so far has really enjoyed it. 
You've got your name game is on, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it smells delicious and it, it pours with a with a real thick uh foam on it, foamy head on there. Yeah. It's stiff. It smells delicious. Now what should I pick up when I when I'm drinking this nectaron? So you're going to get some intense tropical flavors. Um, it's interesting because the first people that I gave samples to before it was finished, it was just some samples off the tank. Someone had asked me if there was mango puree in it. And um, that's was significant because there's absolutely nothing in here outside of one type of hop. So that hop uh, comes through with tons of stone fruit. You're going to get a lot of peach. Most people are getting peach out of it and nectarine as well. Yep. But yeah, it's it's amazing with just one type of hop to get this intense of a tropical flavor out of it. But I'm loving every every time I have it, I'm just loving it. And I'm really impressed by how well it's holding up because this one that we're drinking right now is uh, by way of hazies. I would say it's probably past its prime. Um, it's about five weeks old right now. So most people want to have their hazies, you know, within a, maybe some people want the fresh hazy right as soon as it's canned, but, uh, two weeks is probably where it starts to hit its peak. And then you generally want it gone within four weeks, but it's holding up well and still pretty intense. I, you know what I really like? I, it is, it's so flavorful. It's it. I mean, you've, you hear other ones, they call it like a juice bomb. This is definitely like a juice bomb when you, when you drink it, it you can taste uh, and it's funny that, that that mango puree, it almost feels like there's there there should be some fruit juice in there. So it's pretty amazing that it's only coming off of a hop. But I also really like just how smooth it is. Um, you know, for for a hazy IPA, it is it is extremely smooth and balanced. Uh, you know, there's really no like back end bitterness on it. Uh, it's 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 very unique in that sense. Yeah, the uh, water profile for this was actually. Um, uh, inspired by Alpine's water profile. Uh, the McElhenney's are just great people. And uh, I had reached out to them quite some time ago because I, I was really driven to make a great IPA. And I don't know if this is necessarily a great IPA. I love it, but I've always been driven to make a great IPA one day just by their Alpine Nelson. Uh, they have so many great beers, but Nelson was a big inspiration for me to the point that uh, Pat had actually come and talked at Quaff one time, and he was sharing a lot of the processes that he uses. And I had shared a funny story with him, and I let him know that I was so inspired by Nelson that I figured there had to be something special about their water in Alpine. So I found myself one day, uh, a friend had an apartment in Alpine. I found myself in her uh, bathtub filling... <laughs> five gallon buckets of water so that I could take the water back and try to brew a beer with it. So the, the as, as, as much of a chuckle as he got out of that, it, he showed his generosity by inviting me to Alpine's brewery, sharing with me that it's not to do with Alpine city water. It's the fact that Alpine actually has a well underneath it. So oh, I, nice. I, I was along the right path, but I was misguided in my location. <laughs> <laughs> he filled up. He filled up a bunch of five-gallon buckets for me, and I took it home and I brewed it. And I also did some testing on it just so I could kind of have the, the profile with it. That's a great story. Actually, we're very excited. You probably are as well that they're coming back online now. Is uh, that's going to be awesome that they're reopening, uh, you know, back uh, up in Alpine. So I'm looking forward to some new beers from them. Um, yeah, I think cool. the entire beer community is uh, definitely yeah. behind that one. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, no, it's super cool. So uh, speaking a little bit about, uh, we, you know, we've talked to homebrewers uh, and they basically, you know, a lot of, most of them, it seems the approach to making beer is, is like it's art, right? And others have maybe a competitive approach. And I would say, you know, if you look at the, the amazing amount of uh, medals and awards you've won, I wonder, you know, do you fall into either one of those categories or somewhere in between the, the art versus the competition part of it? I think the romantic side of my story is that I was really not a craft beer fan. I would literally pull out my calculator when I would go to the grocery store and try to find the cheapest cans. And if I had to buy a 30 pack, I would buy a 30 pack in order to get that down to 50 cents a beer. I had Maharaja. It was Avery's um, IPA. It was double IPA. I had it at Churchill's one day in 2012. The very next day, it just changed. It blew me away so much uh, that it just changed my ideals on what beer was and my process, my thought process on what beer was. And I went from pulling out the calculator to calling around, finding out where I could get more of this Maharaja. And then that inspired me to become an artist. And that inspired me to want to make something of that quality that would have that same impact on someone. So that was where my passion and love for beer started. What furthered it was competition. I uh, had joined Quaff a couple years later, and it was really interesting because I got heavy into competitions and I started entering a lot of local competitions and some um, some state competitions. Just that year, they, in 2015, they had the National Homebrew Competition and the convention in San Diego. And it was really funny because... No one in my own home brew club knew me. I was just, that was the first year where I really started to turn the corner and start to make some good beer. And I was getting recognized in a lot of the local competitions. And so we had a club night and um, I'm in my home brew club's booth and we're very popular because we're a local club and we had the biggest booth and we had tons of people there. And uh, a brewer from up north in Sacramento or San Francisco he had seen my name and he came out to meet me. So as he's walking around Quaff's booth, he's asking, hey, where's Nick? Where's Nick Corona? Nick Corona. And no one knew who I was in my own home group. But, um, but yeah, having this guy who I had been seeing just killing it with all these competitions and knowing he's a great brewer and getting to meet him. Um, I did tell him that year that I was coming after him. Uh, he had the California State Home Brewer of the Year title. It took me a couple years. But uh, yeah, it was a competition that really drove me forward and made me want to make better beer just because I wanted to beat Keith. Very cool. So, so we know you like IPAs and, you know, IPAs pay the bills at most breweries, right? But so if someone comes into to your brewery, besides IPAs, what do you want to make sure that they pick up, give a try? Oh, uh, the first thing I do normally is I ask people what type of beer they like big part of my competition brewing was I wanted to become proficient in every style that I could so that when I did go pro that I'd be able to make a good example of uh, each style. Uh, so I wasn't kind of pigeonholed, I guess. So that's the first question I ask is, you know, what, what style do you like? And most of the time people are saying they like IPAs or like hazies. So that's where I'll turn them on to this beer, my planet nectar on right now. Unfortunately with COVID, I haven't been able to, reach out and experiment with a lot of the different styles or recreate a lot of the different styles that I'd like to right now. But I foresee that in the future, once things start to open back up and we start to get some more production push through, 
But yeah, for the most part, I try to find out what people are familiar with and what they like and then satisfy those um, those desires with something that's uh, close that we produce. As far as the, the, the beers right now that I'm really hot on, I'm really hot on this Planet Nectaron. I just love this beer. I love the way it came out. The Pit Boss Hef, uh, that's been a very big draw for us with a lot of our accounts. Um, the Cover Your Snout Stout, I think that's going to be up next. That one uh, it was a first stout, and it's funny how things work out, but it was the first stout that I've made that I was happy with. And obviously with all the competition brewing at home, you uh, try a number of different recipes. So when you have a business that is reliant upon you putting out a great product, I just got very lucky with that recipe, being able to get on a brand new system and brew this beer that I was really happy with. So those are the main three. We've got an Altoke lager. It was kind of the same story. That lager is really good. A lot of people are really enjoying that lager. It's got a light corn sweetness to it, but it's real crisp. And that was exactly what I was looking for. I was looking to find uh, almost a blend between like a nice crisp German lager, nice crisp and clean to something with a little bit of residual sweetness, like a Mexican lager. And and I think we accomplished that with that beer. But man, it's just, it's just so fun. Even all the way to my seltzers, we make seltzer there. And there was a first time I tried making a seltzer and it came out great. And as far as I believe, <laughs> we've got different flavors of it. We got a mojito seltzer, we got a mango seltzer, but people are really digging on that. And it's just, it's so satisfying when you, you put something in front of someone and they really enjoy it. So I try to cater to their tastes first and then, uh, then I'll explore and push my own stuff on them. Nice. So people come into five suits, so you got a, you got a variety for them there. Uh, so I, I was on your website. I noticed there's a lot of a lot of people involved in in your uh, business. So what what family did you rope into helping you out? <laughs> yeah, it was only family. That's how we uh, wanted to start this out. My brother was always a big uh, craft beer fan, and I think saying one day that he owns a brewery was high on his his list <laughs> of desires. Um, so I'm sure he's out there pitching that. Um, we've got my parents, of course, uh, they were supposed to be the silent partners, but they have just stepped up their involvement. Like you wouldn't believe my mom and dad, um, mom, they're, they're both retired. Uh, so they had actually bought one of those, um, sprinter vans and they had it all decked out and they were going to cruise around town. Well, thankfully for us, on the five suits side, COVID hit and they can't cruise around town. So they need to stay home, which means that mom has been just, just the biggest blessing. I, I cannot say enough about how much work that she does, but she has taken over all of our invoicing, all of our accounting, all of our licensing. And Hey, uh, she used to work for the alcoholic beverage control. So <laughs> that helps out immensely, although it does, uh, keep me in line more than maybe I'd like to, but uh, <laughs> she, she's awesome. And then the biggest inspiration and the biggest uh, proponent for our success has been my wife. She's been along my side um, through this entire thing. She's supported me relentlessly. She has, oh man, I can't count the times I've given her a phone call while I'm at work to give her instructions on where she needs to go, what she needs to pick up. And we <laughs> yesterday. So 
She continues to do that same thing now. She's actually our delivery person and our salesperson. She's she's really picked up the slack with uh, any anything else that takes place around there. And um, yeah, it's just it's it's this huge team effort with the family, and we we just wouldn't be able to do it without each other. Are you guys doing home deliveries at this time? <laughs> I wanted to do that. That was very tempting for COVID. I would have had to hire my daughter, and she's 14 and can't drive. Yeah. I know a couple with a Sprinter van with nothing to that's do. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Right, right. Put a little logo like, on the side of that thing. Oh, they it's now a tax write off. <laughs> I want to buy some more of this haze before it runs yeah. out. Yeah, actually, I, got, I got a couple of questions real quick before I know Jeff's got a question. So, Candy, first question is going to be for you. Uh, I know you you converted to a beer drinker with the Hef. Are you still? Are you now just full beer drinker, or are you still wine and beer? Yeah, I'm. I've been full beer drinker for what, like, pretty much like two years, maybe. I don't know. It's the bubbles, and it's just yeah, yeah. 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 No, it's good. You've you've evolved is what we call that. I've been trying to get my wife to evolve. <laughs> yeah, but Tal wants evolved, to get his so. wife. Yeah, so. No, it's not going to happen. My wife's family has a vineyard, so winery, like wine is huge in there. But it's funny. I go up there and I just drink beer and they all drink wine. So, OK, but I'm, I'm just I, it, you know what? You give me hope. That's what I'm going to say. You give me hope. So thank yeah. you for that. Yeah. And then the set. Oh, go ahead. Be careful what you wish for. Yeah. Be I thought it would be cool, but then when we were battling each other for the keg and the next pour. That's a good point. Not yes. necessarily the best thing. So what you're saying is the grass isn't always greener. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> right now, my beer fridge is my beer fridge, uh, and I may end up having to share it. So that's actually good. I, I'm going to have to rethink this whole thing. So thank you for that. Uh, and then the second question I have, just because you brought it up, and, and I'm going to tell you right now, this Planet Nectarone, I think the doctor was just talking about it, is honestly one of the best new beers that i've had in a long time like i mean i i it's really good and i really enjoy it but you're saying it's kind of limited supply is that going to be the case or what what's going to be our opportunities to get some more of this at some point yeah uh it, thankfully right when i tried the like i said on, i tried the first sample of it on day two i knew it was something special with this hop and i had, had you know done something decent with the brew so i jumped back on the phone and i ordered six more boxes which will give me about 20 20 more barrels uh i've got another 10 barrels that's in the tank right now so i should be able to push another two batches through and uh then i'll keep my fingers crossed that the next batch of nectaron or the next uh, season of nectaron that comes out which i expect it to be will will uh, be able to to get a hold of some of that hops my guess is and doc I'm so excited to say this to you. I, I'm back on the hazy IPA. I'm there back on go. the hazy train. We've had some <laughs> IPAs and, and hazies lately. I'm back. So, Doc, I can't wait to drink some with you. So, hey, Nick, uh, my son, I'm going to give him a job tomorrow. He's going to come buy all the rest of this beer that you have in stock tomorrow. <laughs> wait, I have a question, Doc. What time are you getting there so I can get there right before you and get some? No, so, no it's not. My, my son doesn't have... My son's unemployed. He'll be there. What that's time right. He'll be, be there, there whenever you want him Nick, to be there. What time I is someone in the brewery tomorrow? That's a good point. It's about a case and a half of the Nectron canned right now. Yeah. What's yeah. that? You're talking to our canning line, the Candy Tron <laughs> Candy, what time is someone going to be? Someone's, what time is the doors open tomorrow? <laughs> Are we 3 o'clock? 3 p.m. tomorrow. Okay, nice. there you go. Right. Now, I'm going right. to hold out till that, that fresh batch comes. That's right. And have it at that two-week uh, kind of beauty mark for it because I'm guessing when you have this on draft at exactly the right time, I'm guessing we have a Shawshank beer here. 
Oh, easily. Because no I already put it in as a four or five. Yeah, no, it's, as is it's fantastic. So, I, like I said, I, we've had a lot of new beers recently. This is one of the best new beers I've had in, in a while. I mean, this is a beer that will now go into my my go to beer list. So, thank, and thank we you for don't sharing say that list. about every beer. Just ask Bottle Logic. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was ta- that was Doc. I well, we're uh, nothing yeah. if not honest. <laughs> that is true. That is a good point. Yeah, we're really excited about this one. It's actually up for uh, the San Diego Beer News Awards. Um, it was nominated for a hazy. So we're 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 hoping a lot. Of- who have tried to get a chance to vote for it. That's awesome. I have a comment and a question. So my comment is I left about four ounces, five ounces of that heft to warm up. One, because we opened another beer. But two, I wanted to see what what happened. It did sweeten up a little bit, bringing out the, the banana esters as it warmed up. But it didn't get uh, more of that medicinal thing. It didn't get any more of that. So it got more flavorful, a little sweeter but still very balanced. And, and I liked it just as much. It definitely changed flavors, but I liked it just as much. So that, that's just a comment. Thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. That's where I was going with that. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that is a compliment. And uh, that's what any good beer judge would do. And also I had heard myself talk in a while and that upsets me. <laughs> I have a comment just to say, you know, the the Planet Nectaron is the first beer that Nick's really been excited about that he's made. This, this is it. I can see why. Like the the Hefeweizen, I'm excited about, but this is his. That's the art coming back in now. The art. Oh, what a nice segue for my my question. Okay, so let's hear your you, question now. Yeah, so the artisan, you talked about that. You talked about the the competitive side of it. But I've, I've done some research and I've seen and I found this really interesting how seriously you take water and you've already alluded to it uh, a little bit. But, you know, there's the scientist as well. So can you talk a little bit about your philosophy with brewing and, and the role water plays in that? Yes. Um, replication. Replication was a, a very, very important thing for me. Uh, as I shared earlier, I had stumbled upon uh, the recipe and the process for my Hefeweizen. And thankfully I was keeping meticulous notes at the time. So I knew what I needed to do to go back and replicate it enough. But as the goal from the start was to open a brewery one day, I realized that there are so many different water types and profiles in different cities where you go and what you're going to be using and I knew that, hey, maybe I'm not going to open a brewery in San Diego. You'd have to be an idiot to open a brewery in San Diego where there are thousands of great brewers and uh, even more great beers. Um, but unfortunately, I did that. But my thought process on water in particular was that if I moved to Wisconsin, I wanted to be able to replicate their or replicate my recipes with their water. And so the only way I could see doing that would be to use um, reverse osmosis water, which for those out there that don't know, it's basically just a blank canvas. You're stripping out all the minerals from that water and you're starting with almost zero um, total dissolved solids, which is the amount of calcium, chloride, magnesium, all the things that are in water naturally, you're stripping them all out. And then depending on which style of beer that you make, you are adding back those minerals. So you're creating a specific profile for a specific style of beer. And in history, it's taught us that uh, geographically, 
that's why a lot of these styles of beer came from these regions. Um, and Scotland got more beer that is uh, more malt forward and not so hoppy. They didn't have the ability to grow a lot of hops in Scotland. So uh, malt was a lot easier to come by. Pilsen, they've got their lagers there. So they were using a, their, their water profile there. And it was going to be a little more apt to brewing a great lager, a great Pilsner. So all of those attributes, I think, is what kind of uh, attributes to some of the IPAs that you see in San Diego. The water profile here is a little bit more, I guess it contributes more to IPAs, but the unfortunate part in particular about San Diego is that we draw our water from uh, multiple different sources depending on which portion of the year uh, you're in. So I really wanted to be able to replicate any of my recipes and anything that I wanted to brew based on what I have in the brewery, not what someone is giving me through a pipeline. So that was where all that, all that started with me looking to create my recipes, my profiles with those specific water profiles. The attention to detail shows, and we, we've said it to our listeners before that don't live in San Diego. When, when you, when you get to travel again and you come to San Diego for the breweries, save yourself two or three days to spend just up here in North County and make sure you add five suits to your agenda your itinerary good call so a couple just real quick I, i'm gonna tell you so i actually toasted you guys for this last week but i want to give you guys a shout out again today uh, i do really appreciate also as well some of the stuff you guys are doing some of the philanthropy stuff uh the four dollar beers for icu workers uh, i think is a phenomenal thing that's actually i saw ryan Walt kind of did a little call to to action from coast news and so that was actually what i saw that and I'm, well, I'm gonna go over there and 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 check it out and, and make sure we do some donation but i also noticed when i was in your guys place that you also do a kind of a food bank thing for food industry workers um so that seems to be a big part of your guys uh you know, what you're doing as well is kind of that giving back or paying it forward. Yeah. Yeah. That, um, the, the beers for the ICU thing is, it was incredible. And I've used the word over and over through the last couple months, especially, but, um, blessings, we've seen blessings and we've seen enough blessings and blessings are great when you're receiving them, but they're even better uh, when you can give those blessings. And I think it's important to, to try and pay that forward the best we can. And the Beers for ICU program, we just knew, obviously, if we're being shut down because uh, we're at 15% uh, ICU capacity available, then how awful must it be for those people that are working on the front lines? And we wanted to do something, do what we could to help out. And uh, it's amazing how many beers and doctors drink uh, on their off, <laughs> yeah. on their off time, thankfully. But uh, yeah, uh, the the responses that we've gotten from the medical community and local hospitals has be just been tremendous. And uh, I think some people shy away from wanting to take a picture with you know four or five cases of beer, but um, <laughs> I can I can guarantee you that it has been very very well received, and everybody that's come in to support it has really helped out not just us but also the 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 frontline uh community there they're they're going through so much and it was it, it was just great to to help them out any way we can and the food pantry we were just secondary on that it was started by a group down in san diego jen lewis man uh shannon uh with burning beard and a few others had started this down in san diego and it's called in the weeds 
And it was basically, they also recognized that there were going to be people who were going to be out of work as you're shutting down restaurants and breweries or limiting what they can do uh, in regards to sales. You're not going to have a need for that many workers. So they created this program and it was just a great way for them to kind of get some local grocers to donate product. And then next thing you know, it just morphed into this incredible effort where I mean, we just had, while, while uh, one of you were coming to buy some of your beers, we had a lady come in and drop off four bags and there were some diapers in there and there's some cooking oil and people are bringing in all these things because they know that, you know, this is our community. And while the government not, might not be there for all of us every, all the time, we can be there for each other as a community. And I think that's been, that's been the big takeaway from this. We can support each other and, and those blessings, they mean a lot. Nice. Nicely said. Well, it's awesome. Super noble. Well said of you guys to do that. So let, let me ask you this then. How can we support you as beer drinkers? Where can people get your beers, uh, you know, right now to, to kind of help and support Five uh, Suits Brewing? Yeah, thank you. Uh, we we always love for anybody to come visit us at the brewery. When they come straight to the brewery and straight to the tasting room, uh, majority of that money is going right to uh, right to us, continuing everything that we've been working so hard to keep keep uh, afloat right now through COVID. So come visit us there. Uh, we've got a number of accounts throughout San Diego. If you're local, we've got Notorious Burgers in Carlsbad. We've got Old Cal Mining Company in San Marcos. We've got the Hop Stop. They just opened in COVID 2020. They're out in Poway. They do great stuff out there. Uh, we've got the Draft in Oceanside. We've got a Priority Public House in Encinitas. We've got Taiwan On in La Costa. Just so many places that have... Players in San Marcos. Yep. Yeah, so many places. There, there's a number more, but um, these these are all the same types of businesses as ours. So these are uh, independent, family-run, owner-operated businesses that are all in the same boat with us. Uh, so... Feel free to come right out to the brewery. I'd love to meet anybody out there. I'd love to see the look on their face when they try our beer and uh, as well, tr try that Altoke food. You guys already alluded to that, but it yeah, is hand no. restaurant quality food. Yeah, there's no doubt. Actually, that was the last way and that was why I was going to tie it up is, you know, if, if you're up in the Vista area, uh, they Five Suits has become kind of a must stop. Great beer. Uh, but then also the, the Altoke food, which is tied right in with them, is is phenomenal as well. Like I said, and then get in there and 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 again pay it forward a little bit, help out, help out our ICU workers, donate to the food pantry, um, and then uh, eventually here we're going to get to a point where we're going to get to come in and hang out in your your nice Las Vegas lounge in the <laughs> tasting room and 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 listen to the Doc sing Elvis tunes on the stage. So can't wait for that. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> By the way, I've got the I've got the early the young Elvis and I've got nice. the older Elvis. I got <laughs> okay, I got I got both covered. So. You've got the full Yeah, uh, yeah I've got the full range. range. Hey, yeah, we'll yeah. do both. We'll do both one night. <laughs> All right. No, he needs two nights. Viva Doc needs two Las nights. Vegas. <laughs> Back by popular demand. Song, baby. That's awesome. <laughs> Nick and Candy Corona owners, head brewer, five suits brewing. And yes, we are looking forward to coming out and enjoying some tasters and hearing more of your stories. But one, just being face to face with people again. Do you have time for another beer? Yeah. Yeah. I think I had alluded to the stout. Okay. Let's do stout the stout. Time. Tell me about this stout. Again, uh, I had shared that this was one of the recipes that I was happy with when I brewed the 
brewed this the first time on the system. This was an inspiration from a fellow home brewer who I was fortunate enough to judge his beer at one of the national home brew competitions. Uh, his name is Tien. I didn't know it at the time, but he uh, had entered this beer. It ended up at my table and I was tasting it. And uh, he had done some different things with his beer that I didn't do in this batch. Obviously, he had added something called pat don, which is some type of, uh, I guess it's an Asian food. And I didn't add anything like that. But what I did is after I tried his beer, it just hit me so hard. I asked him, you know, more about his beer. What's his recipe? What's his processes? And he shared a bit with me. So I based it off of that. But for me, I've always liked a little bit of sweetness left in a stout. I think sometimes with that, with the roast character that you get in a stout, it can easily be over pudding and it can be real astringent on the tongue. And I don't like that in my stouts. So lactose was added back to this, not to the point that it would be a big pastry stout, but just to the point that it would hold on at least some of that sweetness uh, within the beer itself. It also has uh, some coconut in there. So we used uh, raw unsweetened coconut. I actually used 25 pounds. And it's funny because when a 25 pound sack of coconut ends up on your front door, you're thinking you have enough coconut. Well, you can barely taste a coconut in here. I roasted 25 pounds of coconut in my oven at my house, transported it to the brewery, but uh, I was very happy with the finished product. I'm going to just tell you this. I don't have this, but I'm looking forward to drinking that one. But what I do have the Altoke Lager, uh, which I really enjoy. It's such a unique taste. And I, I think you did a good job of explaining that one earlier uh, on, on where you're going with a little bit of that, that corn com- flavor comes out or that sweetness. And, and I really like it. You, you label it as a, as, I know Altoke is the restaurant, it is a Peruvian lager. Is that, is that true? Is that a style of Peruvian lager? If you search for Peruvian lagers, I think there's only two in the nation. Um, this will be the first one in California. The guys that make the Peruvian food at our place had shared a, uh, enthusiasm to want to make a Peruvian lager for their fans. And we had a, they had, they had a good following coming in when we first started this six months ago. And a lot of them weren't beer drinkers. So they brought in the Peruvian guys. Uh, Randy brought in a couple of these Peruvian lagers. One was called Cusqueña. And uh, we sat and we had a couple of them. And to me, they were more of these golden, uh, light, sweet lagers. So I, I was able to get that flavor profile as we sampled a couple of them. And then I started doing some research on uh, a, a traditional ceremonial beer that they make in Peru called chicha. And as I did more of that research and kind of tried to find out uh, more about the Peruvian beers and the style and the history behind them, that was where uh, I started to try to incorporate a couple of those aspects of this historical beer. And we used some unrefined brown sugars in there, which they uh, use in some of the chicha. And then we also implemented a little bit of uh, purple corn, which uh, a lot of the Peruvians use in their dishes. So uh, it does have a lot of flaked maize in the recipe and then a little bit of purple corn and just a, a light, a light amount of that, the uh, brown sugar, the unrefined brown sugar. And uh, of course, what makes it the most Peruvian is that I had three Peruvians there. 
uh, able to do most of the dirty work for me, so I didn't have to work so hard. Nice, yeah. No, it's it's very unique. Uh, like I said, I, I I had it, you know, and I was expecting it to taste very similar to a Mexican lager, and it and it it dis- it isn't. It's it's definitely a unique taste, and it's really kind of grown. I re- I'm really enjoying it. That's great. Everything for me has been driven by something I can put forward to people and see their reaction. And I think that most chefs, I have a friend who's a, a good chef at uh, Notorious Burgers, but he does this a lot. He brings out dishes and he wants to see your reaction. He wants to see yeah. how you feel about it. And that's the same way for me. It drives me. And I was so complimented on this beer because on the release date, we had uh, put together a uh, release event where he invited a bunch of his Peruvian family members out. And there were a lot of his family members and they just kept coming back for more and more and more. And the one thing I heard from them over and over was, I haven't had a beer like this since I've been to Peru. And it was just like so fulfilling to hear people saying that. Uh, So I think we hit the the target on this one. I was really happy with that. Very cool. All right, so I'm sorry to hijack the stout, but I just wanted to shout out the, the Al Toque Lager, Peruvian Lager, because it's the first Peruvian Lager I've ever had. So go back about the stout now, guys. <laughs> I saw Tom with a big smile with the stout. Yeah. So says the guy who loves Mexican lagers. I do love Mexican lagers, and that's why when I saw it, I'm like, I've got to try this. Um, and I was expecting it to be very similar to a Mexican lager, and it isn't. And and so I think initially I was like, well, you know, but I've, as I've had a couple more cans of it, I, I actually really, really like it. So it sounds like I need to go down to Peru and start drinking some of their beers down there. <laughs> well, yes, Jeff, I uh, do have a big smile on my face for the cover your snout stout. Nick hit it right on the head with everything that he described. The chocolate is there. The coffee is there. And funny thing to me is he said the coconut's barely there. But to me, I taste it. And you guys know and fans know that I'm not a big coconut fan. But for whatever reason, coconut works in beer for me. <laughs> And I really like this. This is fantastic stuff. So my hat's off to you. Ditto. I, I'm glad. I'm glad I got the second can when I was there today. And oh, by the way, I'll be back for more. <laughs> <laughs> Good, because I heard there's a run on the hazy. Yeah, yeah. Be careful. You're not going to get the hazy because most of us have employment and uh, Mylenberg <laughs> doesn't. So there you go. You know what time it is, Doc Talent? Yep. There have been people who have spent their entire year thinking, will anything good come out of 2020? And they've been waiting for this. So is it time? Yeah, it's time. Yeah. Do it. I don't know if we yeah. have music for this, but at some point we Tom's going to put in some great award theme music. Nice. Okay. Here, so. Sounds good. Needs to be dramatic. Okay. And now it's time to reveal the 2020 ILB Beersy Award winners. Best new to us beer pod. It is fat, drunk, and stupid. There was a great contenders there. All people I'd like to be friends with. Uh, my three dudes. Yes. Beard Owl and Historical AF. All great podcasts. All people I want to be friends with. Best Sour. So best sour, tough competition, but this came in from Phoenix, Arizona, Helton Brewing's Boysenberry Sour. It actually put the field trip to Phoenix on the bucket list as a result of just tasting their beers from Helton's Brewing. Beer is my art. That's what Tom Helton said. 
That's true. Best ale. Now, Doc, you're a new convert to this beer. Shout it out. All right. From Carlsbad, California, Virgin Beers, Carlsbad Crush Mosaic Pale Ale. Great beer. Best IPA. All right, so I'm going to go, first of all, as an early nominee for next year is this Planet Nectar on Hazy IPA as an early <laughs> nominee for the 2021 Best IPA. I'm just going to throw that out there. But Best IPA that we had from 2020, uh, Tom, we owe you for this one, so please do the honors. Yeah, from Santa Rosa, California, Russian River Brewing's Pliny for President. Well done, Russian River. Had my vote. Best Lager. And it's a tie. Talent and I went back and forth over this, but we said, oh, hell, they're fake awards. It could be a tie. Yeah. Well, I I tried to split the category and go best German lager, best Mexican lager, but we'd already had the lagers. So we did a tie both from San Diego, North County. We got Epic Brewing's Fest Beer and Dos Desperados Brewing's Lager Magnifico, one of the greatest names too as well. And and Hayden from uh, Dos Desperado did make a point that it's not supposed to be a Mexican lager, but everyone right. thinks it is. So yeah, I, I felt that was cheating. Well, it's called Lager Magnifico, so right. but it's very good. It's very good. Best dark beer. Uh, this one comes from one of the founding fathers of San Diego beer, and that's Coronado Brewing's Early Bird. Tastes like a cinnamon roll meta stout with a cup of coffee. True. Best Belgian style. So this one is Belgian and biblical, and the original goal on this was to have Father Joe do it. But since I'm playing Father Joe tonight, it is coming from Bend, Oregon. It's Monkless Belgian Ales, the Trinity. Best seasonal holiday brew. And this is the Pride of Petaluma. I like that. They should get a shirt that says that that for their brew. That'd be great. Pride of Petaluma, Henhouse Brewing's Fest Life. That was a great beer. Homebrewing beersies for the amazing homebrewers who joined us and shared their art. So I think this one was a three-way tie. So it starts off with a good friend, Damon Adamo of Yellow House Brewing. Yeah, and uh, Tim Wong, homebrewer extraordinaire. And David Zivkovich, because I know you hate saying David's last I, name. I, I agree. I always mispronounce <laughs> David Zivkovich of Z-Style Brewing. Yeah, so great job, guys. Thanks for sharing your beers with us this year. Best beer name. Oh, so many in this category. But Doc, this one's all you. Yeah, you know, there were so many. And yeah, Nick's Nick's gonna be a contender next year, I think. But from 2020, we've got from Louisville, Kentucky. It's against the Graham's Brewery. Citra, ass down. (laughs) (laughs) Congratulations to all the 2020 ILB Beersy nominees. But something extra special to know you came out on top. Yeah, we really appreciate all that you do. A little disappointed that we didn't win anything this year. I don't know, guys. We may need to uh, adjust you know, our I categories. Was inspired by Nick was saying that yeah. you pay your blessings forward. That and, is a good you know, point. And, and we usually give ourselves an award, but that's true. But we're trying to better ourselves this year. So uh, well, sophomore jinx, guys. Sophomore jinx. Yes. <laughs> so Doctor Citras Down came out early about this time last year as a beersy favorite. You got something equally impressive for us tonight. Oh, we sure do. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've hung around this long, you must be waiting for beer, not a beer, or something. (laughs) (laughs) So, for all you newbies, Nick Candy, here's how this game works. I'm going to name four beers, one of which I just pulled out of this time out of Deck of Cards, because tonight's Beer Not a Beer 
is all about suits in honor of five suits brewing, but we're going to just go with the four suits. So Nick Candy, one of these is not a real beer. Three is a real beer. So your job is to choose which beer I made up. So here we go. Beer number one in honor of diamonds, Neil Diamond Cereal, a red ale. Beer number two, David Spade Space Ale. So we've got diamonds and spades. You got that? You guys following us? Yeah. Yeah, got it. Beer number three. Heart of Lothian, not heart of the lion, but heart of Lothian, a Scottish ale. And beer number four, Haze of Clubs. So here we go. Once again, we have Neil Diamond Cereal, David Spade, Space Ale, Heart of Lothian, and Haze of Clubs, which is not a real beer. We're going to start, ladies first, Candy, which is not a real beer. Neil Diamond Cereal. David Spade Space Ale, Heart of Lothine, or Haze of Clubs? Neil Diamond Cereal. Neil Diamond Cereal. All right. Nick? I am also leaning towards Neil Diamond Cereal, but since you've already chosen it, I'm going to go with Haze of Clubs. Haze of Clubs. All right, Tom? I'll go Haze of Clubs. Haze of Clubs. Influencer? I'm going David Spade Space Ale, whatever that was. David Spade Space Ale and talent. I wouldn't order that. I wouldn't order either, but I'm going to go Haze of Clubs as well. Haze of Clubs. All right. Well, here we go. So none of you chose Heart of Lothian. That was a good name, I thought. It's that, a great uh, name. That, I it, thought it was a real it, beer. It is a real beer. It's from uh, Ale Drop Brewing in Middlebury, Vermont. And Neil Diamond Cereal Candy is a real beer. It's from Shrub Brew in Pennsylvania. <laughs> Weird. And Haze of Clubs is from Jack Rabbit Brewing in New oh. England, and the beer I made up. And well, wow, that's two for uh, two for influencer. So yes, is David Spade Space Ale? Uh, Should have known that. I thought of all people, he would actually have a beer. <laughs> yes, I, I agree with you. I'm right there with you, Candy. I totally agree. So I thought he was a for sure thing. <laughs> so Nick, Candy, hope you enjoyed it. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another edition of Beer or Not a Beer. Join us next week and see if you can get stumped. I should have done it like I should have done that in my Elvis impersonator. Oh, you well, should have, oh that's right. Next, next week. La- next week. Ladies and, no, next week. ladies and gentlemen, if you want to hear my Elvis impersonation, we'll we'll put it on the we'll put it on the website. You got to come to Nick's brewery. <laughs> I'm adding that to the newsletter because I haven't released yes. it yet. I gotta write that down point. real quick. Newsletter well, when, Doc Elvis Five Suits. Yeah. But okay. you need pictures too. When Five Suits opens up and we're all on the stage, we're gonna let everyone know Elvis impersonator. <laughs> it's gonna be huge. It's huge. gonna be huge. It is. Huge. Thank you, Doctor. Listeners, thank you for spending the hour with us. Plus, and of course, thank you to Nick and Candy for sharing the five suits story with us. We hope you had as much fun as we've had. Thank you. It was great being on. We appreciate you guys. Looking forward to next week when we'll do this all again. We'd love to keep drinking Nick's beer and passing out major awards, but right now, we got to run. B-double-E-double-R-U-N, beer run. B-double-E-double-R-U-N, beer run. All we need is a 10 and a 5 or a car and a key and a sober driver. B-double-E-double-R-U-N, beer run.